I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Thursday, July 25, 2019. We are looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? What we're going to do is we're going to break the beginning portion of the video into really two segments. One is from an intraday perspective starting early in the morning and what happened from a conceptual standpoint. We need to understand as traders what the thought process is early in the morning because we had a reversal early in the morning from where the market was trading before the opening bell even rang. It's not a reversal in the sense of a daily reversal that we can see on the daily chart. It was an intraday early morning reversal. The point here is that it could have certainly worked into something a lot larger than it ended up to be. So that's why we want to discuss it from an intraday perspective. We'll start from the big picture, which is the other segment of what I wanted to discuss. So we always want to look at the big picture. When we see a market moving in one direction or another, we're A, trying to identify a resistance point or B, trying to identify a support level. Now, those resistance and support levels could be for different reasons. A resistance level can certainly be to exit a position, to exit the market, exit a trade, exit anything. It could also be to short a specific market or stock or whatever the case is. The support is the same thing on the way down. Support can be exits on the way down if we're short. It can also be entries if we're looking to enter at a specific support area depending on the chart that we're looking at. Now also big picture stuff, what you'll normally find is that in an uptrend, you're going to look for support. You want to buy support in an uptrend. Your best opportunity as a trader is to buy support as long as you can find it in an uptrend as opposed to, for example, fighting an uptrend. We don't want to fight an uptrend. This is what we talk about every single day. The SPY, the S&P 500 is in an uptrend. It's above all the moving averages. And yes, we had a down day today. We have down days in an uptrend. That's why we buy support into an uptrend. On the flip side, we sell resistance in a downtrend. So let's zero back in on the SPY. What's important when we look at the daily chart? Let's say, for example, the trading day hasn't opened yet and we're looking at the daily chart right away, taking away today's candle, which is a red candle. We look at yesterday's candle and it's a breakup candle. So it's important. We closed at a new high. All of a sudden, we have a reversal going on early in the morning. This is where we're going to marry the two segments together, but we're still going to flip-flop back and forth. Kind of like the market did today, flip-flop back and forth. So let's go back to those couple of items that are important. Yesterday we closed at a high. All of a sudden we're having a reversal go on before the opening bell. We'll get to that and we'll show that in a moment. The other thing we have is a breakup candle. What do markets like to do? They like to test the bottoms of breakup candles and the tops of breakdown candles. We discuss this just about every single day at a minimum of two times. So just from a daily chart perspective, you can already see where I'm going with this. Yesterday's low was 299.09. Today's low was 299.11. No accidents, no coincidences. 
One thing we do have to note, though, yesterday's low as a general rule isn't necessarily important. Yesterday's low in this case was important because it was a big breakup candle. So that plays another role. It brings another piece of the puzzle into the equation. Let's change lanes and let's go over to the S&P E-mini futures contract so we can see the activity both intraday and also we'll switch over to see the pre-market activity before the opening bell. This is a pit session chart, but I want to point out a couple of things. Here's the flip side of what we just discussed on the daily chart. So we're looking at a 15-minute chart. doesn't matter whether it's 10, 15, 20. You're going to see the same thing. When the market found a low right out of the gate and started to rally up, obviously everybody thinks that it's just another one of those buy-the-dip deals. But what was really going on is the market was running up to test the high of the breakdown candle. And in this case, it really didn't get to the top. To me, that has to be a sign of weakness as it falls away and then obviously made new lows thereafter. Now, I'm not going to bore you with showing you the inside the numbers stuff today. But what I will tell you is that the morning commentary had the day pretty well mapped out in advance. What members knew was that the important number was likely around 3015. It was important early in the morning. The market broke it, came back to rally to try and capture it again, was not able to. That was what was going on right over here. And that's when the market fell away. Members also knew that 3000 would likely be defended by the bulls and if it wasn't it would likely be a bigger problem it was basically defended by the bulls so two things they knew if 3015 was not going to hold the market was likely going to trade down toward the 3000 area but let's take a look at what happened early in the morning so this is the chart that trades pretty much around the clock so you see this spike up here at 8 o'clock in the morning. So the market's taking off and actually makes a high over here at 30.27.75. Looks like it's breaking out. We said that the market can go up to 30.40, 30.50. So I wasn't really that surprised. I thought, well, it's on its way, 30.30, 30.40. Whatever the case was going to be, it wasn't really anything surprising or new information. But then something else happened. The market turned around and it went down in the other direction. I don't mean to be Captain Obvious, but there's also something not so obvious on the chart. Traders that have taken the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader will notice something very, very particular that happened inside that sphere, also known as a circle. Now, one of the things that we discuss all the time is that markets and charts all act and react the same way. That's the foundation of what's taught in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. So therefore, when you see something like that happening, and what was inside the circle is one of the things that's taught specifically in the course, to be able to identify that something just happened that tells us something else is likely to happen next. So that's how I'm trying to piece together the information, A, throughout the day, and then of course, day by day, trying to let the chart dictate what me as the trader should do and all the while I am trying to understand the language the chart is speaking more importantly where do we go from here well we have to realize at the end of the day nothing really happened today it was just a down day the S&P 500 was down about half a percent it's not a big deal we can't really read any more into it than that however if the market does decide to come down a little bit 
it's got the 20 period moving average below and you have these lows down here that are actually above the actual price of 295.48 that really would turn this market into a tailspin mode. And while that may be on the table now, the farther we may trade away from that price level to the northern direction, the less important that specific price will become. It's still important today, but it might not be important 30 days from now. Probably will, but I still need to throw in the disqualifier in there. What's going on over in Camp IWM? So this is interesting. We have our trend line. We've discussed it ad nauseum. We were breaking out yesterday. We sold off today. Big deal? Not necessarily. Think about what happened if I put it in these terms. So we broke out above the trend line, closed up there. Everybody got excited. The next day, they dipped back below the trend line to come back in and check in at the 20-period moving average. And taking it one step farther, yesterday's low, once again, just like in the S&P 500, yesterday's low is now at least the near-term or short-term bogey. Even on hourly closes, hourly closes below yesterday's low are not good. Daily close below yesterday's low is really not good. Sometimes you just have to put it in different terms than others. We can look at the IWM as a failure being down 1.3%. We'll talk about that in a moment. Was leading on the downside. So we have to note that it's of note. It's a puzzle piece that's on the table. But we also have to note the pattern that exists from a larger perspective. The day we had yesterday, the trend line existing, and the fact that tomorrow is the close of the week. Where are they going to close the Friday close as it relates to the weekly chart? Where are they going to close that trend line? Now, you can also make the case that even if they don't close above the trend line, they're still essentially making another bull flag pattern like this right here. I can certainly make that case riding these moving averages. We can certainly make the case that if not this week, they're still building energy to bust through and continue this move higher above that trend line. I can certainly make that case until and unless they start trading away from those trend lines in the southern direction. The trend lines are all converged together. It's pretty obvious to the naked eye. If I took away everything on the chart and just left the convergence of those trend lines, you would see that being above or below is important. It's important to the bulls to be above. It's important to the bears to be below. So therefore, in terms of the bull flag pattern that exists here, this really doesn't come out of play until it breaks down to the downside. Just because we broke out one day, came back the next, doesn't mean we can't break out again the next day or Monday or Tuesday or whatever it is. Which brings up another point. Expectations going forward with what we have on the docket coming up next week. What's on the docket next week? Drum roll please, Kabuki Theater. So here's the way it works. The market's going to do one of a variety of things, but it's generally packaged up pretty nice. Either the market will trade down into the Fed meeting, giving the Fed two things. A, information, meaning the market's going to tell the Fed what it wants the Fed to do. And B, it would be giving the Fed cover to make an interest rate cut or even a 50 basis point interest rate cut, which is in and of itself part of the bigger problem. Why is the Fed cutting interest rates while the market is at an all-time high? It's a mystery. My head hurts thinking about it. Doesn't matter what the reason is. It's a spectator sport. 
Watching and listening to the Fed is a spectator sport. So the market trades down into the Fed meeting. That's one possibility. The second possibility is trading the other direction. The mirror image is trading up into the Fed meeting and then it becomes a sell the news event. We've seen that many, many times. So we can have a buy the news event. We can have a sell the news event. We can have a market that goes to sleep until the Fed meeting basically drifts around and then has some kind of action or reaction after the Fed or at the Fed announcement, using the Fed as an excuse to move in one direction or the other. So any one of those three scenarios are possible. They do give us an idea over the next several days based on what the market is doing, what the likely outcome is after the fact. So let's take a look at a chart and just go over one of the scenarios. Let's go over the scenario, which is the third scenario, which is the market basically floats around, but it really does drift lower over the next couple of days. Not a whole lot lower, but it banters back and forth and it drifts slightly lower, but not a ton lower. You want to put some numbers to that? Yeah, in the IWM, maybe it comes down to the area of yesterday's low. So yesterday's low in the IWM is around 154. So what I'm talking about is another dollar, dollar and a quarter, dollar and a half lower in the IWM. It's not a tremendous amount of points. You want to put some numbers on the spider to that one? The 20 period moving average, 298, give or take 50 cents is kind of what I'm referring to. So let's say that happens, and then next Wednesday, the Federal Reserve has their announcement, and the market's still in an uptrend. There goes an excuse that can certainly be used as an excuse to send the markets higher. They can always use the Fed as an excuse to send the markets lower. That's easy. In fact, the more I think about it, it's easy to use the Fed as an excuse regardless of what the market does. The market seems to be tied to the Fed. Is it tied in the form of a partnership? Or is it tied in the form of a ball and chain? Making a stop down at the transportation department, while it was down 80 points, you can see what's going on here. It's a big channel. We've discussed the big channel. There's nothing to discuss in the transports until and unless, at least on the downside, they come down below yesterday's low. Until and unless that happens, nothing doing. And even at that, you can see what goes on here as the trend line, that's the bottom portion of the channel, begins to move forward in time, you'll see it moves up in price. So as we come down to the bottom of, for example, yesterday's low, the trend line coming up, depending on when we get there, if we got there, it may coincide anyway. We don't know. I'm just noticing that as I discuss it. And since you're living in my mind for about 20 minutes, I can discuss it out loud. The Qs are really the same story as the SPY. They're in an uptrend. Yesterday's low was the low today, give or take a few pennies. We'll see what happens tomorrow. They can certainly come down toward the 20-period moving average. We call that home base for a reason. Markets don't like to get too far away from home base. And by the way, there may or may not be a lot of people reading into the fact that we made a new high yesterday and then all of a sudden we reversed today. Don't make too much out of that. We're still in an uptrend. That happens all the time when new highs are made. They're not necessarily made every single day. But even when we're at new highs, the market still goes up and down. By the way, there's something else going on. I believe we also have the phony GDP number rolled out Friday morning. 
Now, this one's interesting. There was a comment made or asking when the next GDP release was going to be. That comment was made underneath one of the videos several days ago. And I went on to explain, you can find it, the comment's still there. It was within the last week. I went on to explain that A, the release is Friday morning, which is the 26th. But B, there's actually three releases of the same report. Most people don't know that. It's not necessary to know that. Why is that? Because the market's going to react tomorrow to the report, or it won't react to the report. But either way, the market doesn't really care necessarily that there's two subsequent reports. There's a revision, and then there's a revision to the revision. And the only point of me telling you all that is the reason why I call it the phony GDP number is they don't have a clue. Nobody has a clue what the gross domestic product of the United States of America is in the second quarter of 2019. Nobody has a clue what that was. They're never going to know what that was, just the same as they're going to never have any clue how many people were or were not employed last month. Hence, the phony jobs number. There is an unemployment rate. We just have no idea what it is. How about the financials? The XLF was down 20 cents today. Do we make a federal case out of that? Not so much. You can see the uptrend on the daily chart. We know the rest of the script in the XLF. Until and unless we even begin coming below the 20-period moving average, we have nothing to discuss. Is there a story in the SMH tonight? The Philadelphia Semiconductor Index Proxy. Not really. Same looking chart as the Qs. Same looking chart as the SPY. Same story. This one's pretty far extended from home base. So if it comes down a little more in proportion to the other markets, don't be surprised. Is there anything that's going to impact the market Friday morning from an earnings perspective? Amazon reported earnings after the closing bell. It's down about $74, $75. That's not a big deal for Amazon. It's not going to move the market. Now, if Amazon was down $200 or up $200, that's a different story. But down 70 bucks, not a big deal. Amazon's $2,000 a share. That's a $100 stock, up or down 35 cents. How about Google? Different story. Reported earnings after the closing bell. Check this out. Up $93 as I make this video at $1,232. This thing closed at $1,135.36 on Thursday. So just to put in perspective where that is, we're up here in Google in the after hours session. That's what it looks like after hours. Now that's a zip ride from 1140 something all the way up to 1230 something. And that's about the long and short of it. So I'm going to have to pull the ripcord here tonight. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.